Well, good morning again. How's your summer going so far? Wonderful. I'm sure, I'm sure there'd be a lot of stories of how it's already going. Hot would probably be one of those words that comes up um, a, a couple times. <clears throat> Um, I had the opportunity yesterday to go to day camp at Maranatha Bible Camp with a bunch of K through first graders. That was exhausting. Um, so it was awesome, but that was like a week's worth of camp crammed into one day. So keep John in your prayers because um, I did it one day. He's doing it all week <laughs> this week. And so I know he's excited to get to go and share um, in that way with the kids. Obviously, um, anyone that's been to any type of camp growing up, it's some pretty special and probably crazy memories. Um, but um, special time. But seriously, just keep John in your prayers this week because that's, uh, that's kind of the front lines of ministry, um, what God does through those moments. Pretty cool um, when you're just having fun and lost in kind of the community and friends. Um, well, it's, it is summer, um, and uh, uh, we're, as we're getting going um, into this, this is the second week of our series, uh, Radical Summer. And as we've been just kind of talking through, what does it look like to have an awesome summer? What, and you know, was, even last week, um, you guys shared some things with each other, people just sitting next to you, summer memories um, that you had. And um, when I think about just awesome summers, one of my favorite summers um, that I got to experience was uh, several years ago, maybe 2007, my wife will correct me on this later. Um, I think it was about 2007. Uh, basically, Lauren and I, we, we uh, dated long distance for a long time. It was over four years before we got married. And after we had been doing that uh, for about, th- I think, three years, um, pretty much just seeing each other maybe a week or two around Christmas, uh, maybe, you know, maybe Thanksgiving sometimes, and even just a week or two over the summer because of work schedules as, uh, as well as edu- just summer school and different things, we had the summer that we got to be, each other, be, be with each other. For Lauren can tell you the exact number of days. I cannot. Um, but we got to work at a camp in the mountains of Colorado, Camp Como, and we got to be together all summer long. And it was one of those like really exciting moments, and it was also like, well, we'll see if we like each other after this. <laughs> and um, as we just, we had an opportunity, um, we, we technically had our first house together out there, the homestead, uh, because really what our job was is we had middle school and high school students that came up that they weren't attending the camp, they came up just to serve. And we had the, uh, got the opportunity, it was kind of a little mini leadership camp, just to pour into them uh, for a summer. And it was like one of the coolest things, like later, actually in the middle of that summer, actually... I guess June 14th, which is like Wednesday, Thursday, I remembered. It's our anniversary. It's also the day we got engaged um, a year before. And uh, in the mountains, right there, panoramic view with the mountains around us at this pond. Special place, special summer. I would call it awesome. I would call it just a radical, <laughs> radical summer. I'm getting a head shake from my wife, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but no, so we're, we're, we're talking about what does that look like um, to have an awesome summer? As, as we talked about last week, um, I left you with something that maybe you, you took out of context, hopefully not, um, where I said, don't go to church. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, don't go to church this summer. <laughs> what was the second part? Be the church. That's right. Don't go to church this summer. Be the church. And this was just as we kind of begin to understand that what the church is, that the church is a movement of people on mission. And to be the church, is not, church is not about a place we attend. It's more something we do and who we are. And as we're kind of wrapping our minds around um, that idea, we're going we're gonna to expand that a little bit more today. 
um, kind of, because like this whole idea of be the church, I, I really like it. It can feel a little bit cliche in some ways, but I, I think it just gives us this motivation, this reminder, hey, it is, it's an action, all right? Be, church is not about like church-sanctioned programs. Church is not about what goes on in these four walls. It's so much bigger than that. And what we're really trying to tap into this summer is what it looks like um, to, to be a part of something that's so much bigger um, than us, um, to really be a part of the church and be connected in with this movement of God. And so let's pray and we'll get started with this sermon this morning. God, we, uh, we give you this morning and I ask that you would direct, help us right now just to open our, our eyes and minds and, and hearts and um, ears just to understand how you're calling us to not just like maintain um, what we've always done. Lord, maybe even blow up some of our understanding of, of what it looks like to, to be the church um, to be a part of the church, um, what it looks like, um, or just the opportunity that's on the other side of our comfort zone as we choose to, to be a part of this movement, your movement that's on your mission to restore and redeem this world, brokenness that we see all around us, brokenness that is so evident in me um, at times, and as you continue to speak your life and your love and your grace out there, it is through your church. So would you speak? Help us to listen to you now. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I said, we're going to drill down into what this, kind of this whole idea of, of being a church um, this morning. And um, really what I want to do, um, we're kind of, uh, the sermon today, we're kind of talking about something I think is, is very paramount for the whole, the series as a whole. I think it gives some better understanding to what be the church means. And um, I think it's going to help, help clarify some things later on. Um, so what I want to do today is, first of all, I want to give you a framework, a basic framework, maybe a guideline that um, kind of takes this, this whole idea of being the church um, and it it helps it to more generally speak specifically to each one of us, if, if that can be done. A framework that I, it's general in its nature, but as we allow this to seep into our lives, as we begin to understand this and orient our lives around this, it begins us, we, we understand what it means to be a part of this movement, what it, be, what it means to live on mission. It, it gives direction. Um, and uh, then I also want to give you a, kind of a starting place uh, for what that looks like to, to go uh, and to be a part of this movement. Um, so this, this whole like, framework, this isn't something new. Um, this is something we, we actually, it's one of our core values around here. We, we talk about it a lot, um, but as we all know, it's easy to talk about something. Sometimes the whole actually doing it, under, you know, letting it work out in our lives is, is a whole different matter. Um, but this is, this is, I believe, what, like God's, God's method um, for, uh, for blessing the earth, for, for re his restoration, his redemption um, is, is like this whole framework, this whole guideline um, right here. And I believe that this is something that if we take on, not only will allow us to have an awesome summer, but I believe it helps connect us in with what your purpose is, with our, what our purpose is. Um, and it begins to give direction, um, sometimes answering that question, what should I do next? Or what am I supposed to do? And so to, to get into this, um, feel free to turn over to Genesis 12, 1 through 3, because this is um, God talking to Abraham, and this is where we see for the first time this whole idea, this framework that really shows us um, what, what it looks like to be the church, really shows us God's plan um, to bring restoration to this world. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So this is, this is in a time, remember, where, where you have the, the, um, like the beginning of like this whole Israelite nation, which you read a whole lot about in the rest of the Old Testament. And this, this people group, this is like God's covenant promise that he starts with saying to Abraham, kind of starting off this whole, this whole nation, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to all those around you. And there's no like caveat for it's just about like the Israelites. It's just, this, it's literally the plan for the world that he lays out right here. And as, as God roots this plan to bless and to restore the world in a nation, I mean, that's what we get to see through the Old Testament, this, this, like, this special people, God's chosen people. And we come into the New Testament and we see Jesus all of a sudden come onto the scene and something awesome happens because God, like, sh- like, root, like, he roots his whole plan. It, re- it wants us to see what this looks like in this people group. And then all of a sudden he just blows our minds and says, yeah, yeah, what you thought was just for these people, it's for everyone now because Jesus came and died. And we, we see this, this whole idea of you are blessed. I am blessed to be a blessing. This is the simple framework that I want you to understand here at the beginning of this that speaks into um, our, our entire life and really I guess, gives kind of feet, hands and feet to what it looks like to be the church. You are blessed to be a blessing. And, and we see that. I mean, remember we talked about last week the, uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Therefore, go into all the world, baptizing you know, making disciples. And this was the mission of it. This was like what Jesus said whenever he, he left this, this earth. Um, this whole idea, you have been blessed, you have found life, now go and bring up others in that. We are blessed to be a blessing. And, and we see the model, I mean, plainly through Jesus, we can become a little um, too familiar with it, that Jesus, like, you know, set all his glory, his power aside to become human and taking on all of our sin. He gave us life. He was blessed to bless. And this, this is just kind of the question that I, I want you just to, like, we've, we've talked about this before um, at Kingsway. It's, it's something that we, I love it. I mean, how many times I've got to hear, hear a story that someone says and um, of just something, they, an opportunity they had to do, and they, they ended up saying, bless the bless, right? And it's just, yes. I mean, that, that's awesome. But I, I want us to maybe come alive a little bit more this morning, what that means for you. And so just as we're kind of talking about this framework, asking that, what is that, what are you blessed with? What, is, what does that mean? Uh, because most prominently, like one of those areas, again, that can almost be like become too cliche is this idea of our spiritual blessing. Like God blessed us with, with these spiritual blessings. That, like, this is the pinnacle of, of our blessing. Um, here's, what, here's what Paul says in Ephesians, and I want to read this out of the, uh, the message because I think it helps us kind of tune in with the, kind of the, the tone of, of how Paul's just like in celebration and just kind of like going on this just awesome little sermonette here. Uh, starting in verse three, um, says this, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and he takes, on, he takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. 
had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross We're free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believe, believe it, believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get, that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Uh, may, may we never like be ceased to uh, sorry I spilled water everywhere. Um, <laughs> we never cease like to, to be in awe of what this is. Um, this this idea of our spiritual blessings that we I mean as we just go on you can read that in any translation. I, I kind of like just like the free flowingness of um, in the message. But as you just see Paul and it's just like oh my goodness do you understand do you understand the mystery do you understand what you like the blessing like how you have been blessed and as it starts out there how blessed is God and what a blessing He is again God we follow God's example that we are blessed to be a blessing. And over in 2 Corinthians, Paul, I feel like, kind of continues on this thought, especially with what we're talking about today, where he says this, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Blessed to bless. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, his church. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. We are blessed to be a blessing. And it gets into this whole, um, this whole idea of, of this, uh, this, this life cycle. Like this, this is the, the circulation of full life. That's what, that's what it means. When we talk about pursuing full life, um, our mission statement here, this is what it looks like is to live out this cycle of blessed to blessed, to understand that we have been given not to, to have, but let it flow through because we serve a God who, who gives abundantly, who gives generously, who there's always surplus, 
especially we can wrap our minds around that when it comes to the spiritual blessing. But obviously this is, I mean, that's like the pinnacle, but that's also just kind of the tip of the iceberg of what what God has blessed each one of us with and how he's calling us um, to bless those around us. Because it comes into play for everything. It speaks into every aspect of your life. And uh, like, just continue to consider this question. How have you been blessed to be a blessing? Because like, like your, your personality is a way that you have been blessed to be a blessing. As different as it might be, like the way you see the world the way you interpret things, that is part of the way you've been blessed to be a blessing, whether you see uh, everything super analytically or really emotionally. I believe that's part of what this means. This is part of what it speaks into, your unique ways that you have been blessed to, to be a blessing, your life experiences, failures, successes, sometimes just the mundane things that you've gone through, I believe is part of the way that you've you are blessed to bless skills, whether you're like good at gardening, you're good at money, you're athletic, um, writing, artistic abilities, the knowledge you possess, your physical health, whether perfect or limited, I believe you've been blessed to be a blessing. I mean, of course, we run to things like your physical goods. If you have a car, a jacket, a swimming pool, you know, make your list. You have been given to give. You are blessed to be a blessing. Your finances, it's, it's not about like comparison to others and that others have more or that others, people, other people could bless um, a certain you know, person or an opportunity differently or better than, that's not what it's about. It's this, the idea that you have, each one of us have been blessed to be a blessing, your occupation, and even just simply what's right in front of you. I think sometimes we, we, uh, we miss out on this idea of blessed to bless that sometimes it's just the right, time, right place, right time. I'm like, sometimes it's just the opportunity that's in front of, of you that is, I mean, we don't always see it that way, but a way that you've been blessed to be a blessing. And again, we like to lean on comparison to give us an excuse of why we don't have to say anything, why, don't, why we don't have to do anything. But sometimes just because of the place we are, God is calling to remind you, even in that moment you are called to be the church, you are called to be a blessing. I love the language around this, of the, of the whole idea that, you know, ponder pipeline. Because that's, that's the circulation. You know, when, when, the, when the water is moving through the pipes, it's, it's clean. Like, it, it's, it's fresh water moving through. I know that technically depends on where the pipe is at, because there's some places that might not be clean. But, I mean, you, you get the point. The pond, things just kind of, like, grow. Like, the scum just kind of covers over the top. And it's, it's so true for a life. Like, what does real life look like? What does it look like to truly live? And I can tell you, it's, it's not just to, to hoard everything. We have been blessed to be a blessing. We have a much bigger mission than our own comfort that we are called to. Being the church means we are blessed to be a blessing. That's what it means, because we are a movement of people on mission. Living on mission Means, means living in the cycle of blessed to bless. Now, I thought this was really cool. Um, I read, um, read one author that um, referenced a, a study that was actually done um, that I want to read kind of part of this to you. Um, and this was about two missionary groups that went over to Thailand. And these were two separate groups um, that went in, I mean, both, you know, to do missionary things, 
um, but were both kind of different purposes um, to what they were doing, where they were going. And um, so you had this one group that uh, we'll call them we'll call them the uh, the blessers. I mean, they kind of, um, and then you have this other group that, you, that we had the, the, called the converters. And the converters went in with the sole intention of converting people and evangelizing everyone around them. The blessers went in with the intention of blessing people. They would say, I'm just here to bless whoever comes my way, or I just want to be a blessing to the people in my community. All right, two kind of different methods. Here's two observations um, that this, this study came up with. And I just, it's just kind of fascinating as, as we think about what this looks like in our own personal lives. First of all, they discovered that the blessers um, had a greater social impact than the converters. Um, this proved that the blessers' intention of blessing the people and the community around them resulted in a tremendous amounts of social betterment and social good. I mean, that, that would kind of make sense. That was kind of their, you know, what they set out to do as kind of their main, main purpose there. But here's kind of the more interesting thing. I mean, you can, you can see this coming, but secondly... They discovered that the blessers also had almost 50 times as many conversions than the converters. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, you had, I mean, n- none of this is doubting the, the preaching of God's word. But as they went into a, a foreign place to preach the love of Jesus, one said, hey, we're going we're gonna to be faithful with what's right in front of us, opportunities we have to bless, and we're going we're gonna to preach God. I mean, it, this did not say that they weren't still preaching and doing other, other things. Another group went in just saying, nope, we're going to lift the name of Jesus, and we're just, we're just going to, everyone, we're just going to, hey, you know, do you, are you going to heaven or hell? We're just going to lead out in this. And what's fascinating, and again, a different culture, but it's, it's the people who chose that, to be a blessing to those around them, to what was right in front of them, to be faithful with what was right there, that actually ended up converting more people and baptizing more people into the name of Jesus. And I believe this is what speaks into what it looks like for us to be the church. Because as we talked about last week, and I would really encourage you, if you were not here, check out last week as we just kind of tried to rethink church a little bit. And let the summer perspective kind of just turn some of our, some, maybe even expose some myths of some things that we believe uh, about church that just simply aren't true. Um, but we are called to the same mission, the same promise that God gave to Abraham. I will bless you and everyone around you be blessed because of that. This is the, the cycle. This is the, the circulation we're called to live in. So that's the framework. It's like, kind of makes sense. Nod your head for me. I saw one nodded head. Okay, one person. Perfect. Thanks, Kyler. All right. Um, so uh, that's, that's kind of the framework. And again, that speaks into, I, f- I feel like that kind of helps understand even more what we talked about last week, but it speaks into everything we're going to be talking about um, for the next several weeks as we continue to just look at really specific, maybe even ordinary, simple ways of what it looks like to, to be the church, uh, but how we are blessed to be a blessing. And so here's kind of the first thing, the first practice that I want to give you um, as we go. And it's this, where do you start? Prayer. Begin with prayer. All right, we're talking about more seemingly kind of cliche things or like, okay. Um, but this, this is a practice that I believe needs to be one of the starting points, but it's also just a continued practice that helps us live this idea out and bring this into our, our lives that we are blessed to be a blessing. 
Now, um, the, the scope of the sermon doesn't allow us to take a, like, a deep dive into truly what prayer is, um, but I, w- I want to just give you a couple basics to make sure we're basically on the same page, and I have some other resources uh, for you as well. Because the main thing I'd say is it doesn't need to be overthought. Um, I really believe that like, the power of prayer is, is found um, more in its practice than its pondering, more than its study. It's something that as we, because what, what prayer is, is it's just conversation with our creator. It's just, just like you have conversations in any relationship. This whole, as we talked about last week, this whole like church thing, it's, it's you know, about us being the church, not going to church. It's about our relationship with God and with, with those around us. Prayer is our opportunity. Uh, it's, it's part of our relationship um, with God. It's just the conversation that any relationship needs to, to grow. Um, I would say this, if it feels devoid of relationship, it's not prayer. Um, if, it, if it feels stuffy or lifeless, it's not prayer. And if you're, if you're wanting more on what, what is prayer, kind of understanding that, um, the one thing I'd say is, we're going to talk just briefly about this real quick, but um, start with the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. Um, that is just an awesome, like, Jesus actually says, hey, when you pray, pray in this way, and um, it's a pretty good place to start whenever Jesus said something like that. But also, if you're following along in your notes, um, uh, you can, uh, I put just a couple other resources on there for you, uh, especially if you have the paper notes, there's some, st- there's some list, they're listed at the bottom, but if you go online to kingswaymo.info, find the sermon notes there, they actually have the direct links. Um, so one of those things is just a Bible study reading plan, it's a seven-day plan um, that's super quick um, that you can do through your YouVersion app. Um, there's a prayer in there by Tim Mackey, a prayer, a sermon by Tim Mackey all about the Lord's Prayer. Um, he's one of the guys behind the Bible Project, and there's also a, a sermon that's on right now media uh, by Andy Stanley um, called Big Prayers. I encourage you just to maybe check one of those out later this week. Check all of them out. Um, That'll give you a little bit more. But as we say, begin with prayer under this whole idea of we are blessed to be a blessing, this call for us to not go to church, but to be the church. I believe this is our starting, point, starting place and a practice that we, uh, we need to um, continue to live out. And here's just a couple reasons why. <clears throat> uh, first, first one's this, prayer realigns our perspective. It realigns a perspective. Um, Matthew 6, we find this, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And I would, let's, let's, um, I would say let's all recite this together because I know some of us probably know this, but if you're like me, um, I feel like my knowledge of it is it's kind of multiple translations and we'd all be kind of saying some different words. But I want to invite you, let's, let's uh, read this prayer together out loud, okay? Read this with me. This then is how you should pray. This is Jesus speaking. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there another slide there? Oh, that's it. Um, it says six, yeah, there, I'm, I'm good. Um, um, all right, put, yeah, put that back up there, put that back up there. So this is just a simple, uh, simple prayer. I'm always used to like the little thing that, you know, got added in at the end. You want to put Matthew 6 back up there? Oh, no. Okay. It's all right. Sorry, I messed you up. All right. So, I mean, I, I just, 
maybe just even open up if you're following along um, in your notes. <clears throat> but in Matthew 6, you know, this, this common prayer that we all know, like how beautiful it is of how it realigns our perspective. And, and just, just this, I think it's illustrated so well through this. And obviously this is something like, hey, Jesus called us. This is, this is how, like called us to pray in this way. And there's just some real beauty in this. I love babies. I, I mean that seriously. I, I remember my dad uh, told me, you know, when we were growing up, when you hear a baby cry in church, that just means the church is alive. And um, I firmly, firmly believe that um, as we are just in this messy, messy thing of like pursuing Jesus, um, it is so not about <laughs> just, um, tra- you know, traditions and even these sacred spaces. Like it's all of life that we're called to do that. So <clears throat> uh, Matthew 6. Um, let's see, our Father, hallowed be your name. You know, one of those weird words. We don't use it anywhere else, at least I don't, except for this. Just simply this idea of realigning. God is holy. He is set apart. He is God. I'm not, right? King, your kingdom come. Your will be done. This whole idea that this is reminding us of the mission that we are part of. This idea that, like, the kingdom is not something, some, like, ethereal place that one day we'll go to. As Jesus, like, preached about a ton, the kingdom, he brought the kingdom and the kingdom is coming. We, are, we represent a whole new way of doing things. We rep, like, if we are part of the church, we are not subject to kingdoms of this earth, but a bigger kingdom. And we, we live in the rule of, of, our, of our king. We are dependent on God as we have, have this part in here. <clears throat> uh, give us today our daily bread, and we're reminded that God is the giver of every good thing. And forgive us our debts, we also have forgiven our debtors. Oh, there we go. That's why I'm messing up. <laughs> and we also forgiven our, our debtors. Um, just this idea that as we live, as we talked about earlier, we live in God's grace. We're called to let it flow right through us. And as we, as we pray, it just realigns. It reminds us of what really matters. It helps us kind of push aside what we think matters, our, our own selfishness and our own comfort zone. It reminds us who God is, who we are, and what our mission is and what we are called to. Begin with prayer. Uh, second thing is this. Prayer invites God into our everyday moments. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like, prayer uh, just reminds us. It reminds us that God is, is present with us. It gives us an awareness, and whenever we choose, whether it's just a simple prayer at the beginning of the day, or those little flare prayers we kind of shoot out throughout the day, it just invite God in that moment. We remember that he is present, he is with us, that his, his power is there at work, and that he is working around us. Prayer invites God in, gives us an awareness to what he's doing. It's really kind of one of the most practical ways, I would say, to live with God. And the last thing is this, prayer, prayer calls us to live in expectation. Prayer calls us to live in expectation. Ephesians 3, uh, starting in verse 16, says this. Again, another prayer in Ephesians. Um, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, he's talking to the church there in Ephesus, with power, 
through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This calls back to what we read earlier with the whole, just the spiritual blessings that we have. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever. Amen. Prayer calls us to live in expectation, expectation that God is working, that he is present. Uh, several years ago, <clears throat> um, I think our oldest, he would have been about, Jude would have been about four, um, I think. And um, he, he did something nice to his sister, which was a little out of the ordinary at the time. And, um, and Lauren, <clears throat> Lauren was there and just said, well, that was, that was really sweet, Jude. Um, hey, would you like another brother or sister? And um, would, would you like that? And, he, and I, again, Lauren knows these things better than I do. Uh, but he, he pretty much just said, I want a baby brother and a baby sister. And of course, that freaked Lauren out. And she's like, oh, well, you're going to have to ask God for that one. And uh, of course, kid, what did he do? He bows his head right there and says, dear God, will you give me a baby brother and a baby sister? Amen. Looks up at Lauren and says, he said yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, we won't <clears throat> talk about the fact that uh, a couple weeks later, we did find out we were pregnant <laughs> with Elijah. <laughs> And, uh, but just like, you know, it's just, it's that child. I mean, that's why Jesus calls us to be like kids. Like the world's um, almost annoyingly black and white and too simple, but it's also beautifully black and white and too simple. Um, just as even my son had just this basic expectation that God was going to, I mean, he asked this, he's, he's going to come through, he's going to work. Um, even later on, whenever um, we found out, um, Let's see. Oh, I guess it was after because we didn't find out the gender of our, um, of our kids. So um, whenever, you know, it was, it was a boy, we didn't know this whole time. And Jude's like, well, yeah, I knew that. Like, that's what I asked for. <laughs> after he found out there was just one in there. That's what I, and just this, I mean, just this expectation. And, and, it, and it, here's the thing. It doesn't, like, living an expectation of what, that God is working and that God will use you doesn't always line up with your expectations, but there's something powerful when we remember and we align ourselves, we live in this expectation that he is gonna work in ways that we can't imagine, that are much bigger than what we, like, what we thought would happen. And, and we have an expectation that like, when we, as we are part of the church, that the fact of the matter is you have been blessed. Or what you think, no matter how you feel at certain times, you have been blessed and you are called to be a blessing and this is the future of the church. This is what it looks like to live on mission. This is what it looks like to be the church. This is like what it looks like just to like, find your purpose, to live in how you were created, who you were created to be. Prayer is to be proactive, not just reactive because it's participating in the movement. Prayer is the way that we both discover our mission and we live on mission. It leads to the intersection of our blessings and our opportunities to bless. 
And that's where God calls us to step out and be the church, to live on a greater mission, his mission to redeem and restore a broken world. This is the movement of being the church. Each one of us have been blessed to be a blessing. It's the catalyst to finding your purpose. It's like the framework to a fully lived life. And again, that's how we really believe. Not just saying it because it sounds good. It's how I really believe we can have a radical summer. As we get to the end, not just with memories of how much money we paid for, for certain memories, but as we see our families and our workplaces and our communities change around us as we simply are faithful to what God has put in us and put right in front of us. And I believe that starting place is prayer. As we continually just kind of realign around this idea of being the church that we are blessed to bless, I want to kind of hone us in on one thing. Like, what, what if, what if, and this is one of my a challenge for you for this week, what if we just simply woke up each morning and just simply said a, a simple prayer, God, I trust that you will use me to bless somebody today. Show me one person you're calling me to bless as I go through my day. As we both repeat this promise that we are blessed, God, I trust that you will use me to bless because I, we have all been blessed to be a blessing, our spiritual blessings down to our personality and just ways we see the world. We are blessed and God is calling that out of us. That is, that is where we become fully alive as we participate in that circulation of full life. And what if, what if we just simply wake up with that expectation and that understanding that God is working already in ways that we are not even aware of, that he will do more than we can ask or imagine, and that he will use you. He will use me if we're aware, if we can see past our comfort, see past our excuses, and tap into this much bigger mission of being the church and bringing his restoration and his healing to this world. Would you pray with me?